I know a lot of y'all got your forms in because people were handling that business with the early bird registration. But in case you have not yet, Spring Breakaway is quickly approaching. As a matter of fact, we are three weeks away, three weeks, 21 days away from Breakaway. So listen, I want to encourage you, if you have not filled out your form, do not make me call your mom and dad and find out why. And if it's your mom and dad that aren't letting you, then let me call your mom and dad and see if we can schmooze that over. But uh, with all sincerity, we want to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to do this. And in a moment, I'm going to explain why. But um, real quick, I want to do a quick activity. So uh, there's a point to that, I promise. <laughs> but if you got your Bibles, we've, uh, we started a series last week talking about the struggle. Talking about the struggle. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 that our struggle is not against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. In other words, our battle is not flesh and blood. It's not people, but we are fighting spiritual battles. Our battle is not a physical one like these guys were just doing where it took physical strength to win, the battle is spiritual. And I want to talk to you guys in particular about a fight that you see in the book of Daniel. Not just a physical fighter, not even a physical fight, but a spiritual fight. And this spiritual fight is interesting in a number of ways. This is one of the few places you see in the Bible what actually goes on in this heavenly realm that we were talking about. What happens in the spiritual realm when we're trying to go towards God, when we're trying to do things, what happens in the spiritual realm. And we find this story in the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Daniel, chapter 10. Now, again, let me give you some context of what's going on. Uh, the Babylonians have taken over the Israelites. And the Babylonians, they were different in how they conquered cultures. When they would take on a culture, instead of destroying everybody, what they would do is they would take off their best and brightest and they would indoctrinate them into Babylonian culture. They would change their name, they would put them in positions where they would help the Babylonian culture, and they would indoctrinate them and get them to forget about all their own culture, forget about everything they grew up on learning, and become basically a Babylonian. Not a bad strategy, which as a matter of fact is what the world is still trying to do. The world is trying to pull you away from God and indoctrinate you into their culture, steal your identity in Christ, and give you a new identity in the world. And so uh, there's a lot of correlations that you see between this whole battle going on. And Daniel was one of these really intelligent young men. Uh, the book of Daniel tells you about him and some of his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. These are some really cool guys that were really faithful to God and did everything they could to not allow the Babylonians to strip their culture. Daniel in particular, he had a few unique gifts. One of them was the interpretation of dreams and visions. And at one point in Daniel chapter 10, he gets a vision that he doesn't fully understand that he's kind of afraid of. And, and there's this whole battle that starts to go on. And so in order to get ahead in this, he decides to pray for three weeks. The reason I'm bringing this up now is because we're three weeks away from spring breakaway. And it never fails. Anytime a move of God is about to happen, you start to see the enemy rise up. You start to see things. You weren't in trouble all year. Suddenly you get in trouble now and you're not allowed to go. 
Uh, you know, you got good grades all year, suddenly you get a D. You're struggling at home, and suddenly your parents get mad at you. There's all these things that start to creep up out of nowhere. You were drama-free the first semester. Now drama's creeping up all over the place. And so you start to see this pick up. Whenever God is trying to do something, the enemy tries to creep in and do his thing. And so in Daniel, it's kind of the same thing. So Daniel teaches us here one of the main things that I want you guys to understand. When you're involved in the struggle, it's important to understand how to fight. And we don't fight with our hands. We fight in prayer. So tonight I really want you to understand and, and kind of get behind the focus of prayer. And my challenge to you by the end of this night is to get each of us to take the next 21 days and really spend time praying and preparing not just our hearts, but the whole aspect of what God's going to do in our retreat. It's something that the leaders do every year. We take a month where we fast and we pray for God to do a mighty work. But now I want to call out you guys to see you do the same thing, to battle for yourself, to battle for your neighbor, to battle for your friends to get there. So let's see how Daniel did battle, okay? Daniel chapter 10, let me intro it by reading verses 2 through 3. It says, when the vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three weeks, okay? That was his time of prayer. All that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. In other words, Daniel saying, listen, I took these three weeks seriously. I didn't want anything to distract me. As a matter of fact, I denied myself things so that I can be 100% focused on God. In these next three weeks, I really want to challenge you to take it seriously. For some of you, that means, you know what, social media gets a lot of my attention. I'm going to give that up and give all that attention to God. Or, you know what, this individual gets a lot of my attention. I'm going to take a break for three weeks and just make sure that I focus on God. It's not exactly a fast because fasting is, is the, uh, the abstinence of food. It's just only having water. And uh, some of you might have some dietary issues or your mom may just slap you if you don't eat. You know, some of us, our moms, that's, that's like number one priority. Did you eat? But You should eat, mijo. And if you're like, I'm not eating for Jesus, she's like, Jesus wants you to eat, mijo, eat. And so what I'm asking is, hey, maybe there's some other things like Daniel that he denied himself in order to fix on God. Now, just so I can clarify, I'm not saying deny things that you should already not be doing. So I don't want you to be like, hey, for three weeks, I'm not going to smoke weed for Jesus. You shouldn't be doing that, okay? I mean, hey, for three weeks, I'm not going to sleep around with anybody. You shouldn't be doing that, all right? That's not the same thing. For three weeks, I'm not going to murder no one. Okay, we sh that's a whole other conversation, guys. Uh, we need to call the police. That's different, okay? So in this case, he goes, listen, three weeks, I don't want any distraction. I'm in training mode. I am in the middle of a fight. And listen, I don't know about you. If I was in a fight, I don't want anything distracting me either, right? If I'm, if I'm in the middle of a fight and A.J. is like, hey, P. Joey, hey, P. Joey, I'm like, dude, I'm busy right now, okay? I am battling. And so this is what Daniel's doing. Daniel is battling for three weeks. And after those three weeks, listen to what happens. I'm going to skip a few verses, but in verse 5, of Daniel chapter 10. Listen to what it says. It says, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning. His eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze. And his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. I don't know about y'all. That sounds dope. That is like the coolest anime character, like superhero, Marvel, whatever you want to think of. Like, it, he, almost like he's describing Captain Marvel with the flame on hair and she's like jumping in there. Uh, what most scholars believe is that this was an angel that Daniel saw. Some try to think maybe it was Jesus, but a little bit later you'll see why I don't think that's the case. But basically he's seen this angelic being 
walking towards him. And the angelic being, let me tell you how it looked again. It looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning. His eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like bronze. And his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. I would love to have a voice like that. Like where it just sounds like a crowd is talking to you. That is just intensely hardcore. So this is what happens. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So even though they didn't see it, they knew something was there. And so it goes back to Daniel. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deadly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Okay, do y'all ever see like a Christmas story when the little boy just falls on the ground and, and he just lays there and the guy's like, that's his only defense. He's just going to lay there like a slug. Basically, this is Daniel. Daniel is already freaked out. He hears dude's voice and he just faints and he falls flat on the ground. And then a few verses later, we kind of focus in on what I want to talk about tonight. Uh, in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 through 14, it says, then he said, this is the angel talking to Daniel. Don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. Okay? How long was Daniel praying for? Anyone remember? Three weeks. How many days? 21 days. Okay? When did God hear his prayer? First day. First day. He says, since the first day you started praying, God heard you. Your request was heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But, so why did it take so long? He goes, but for 21 days, the spirit prince, the kingdom of Persia, blocked my way. Okay, so what's happening? Hey, I was on my way to deliver the message. God heard your prayer from day one. So he sent me to, as an answer to your prayer. And on my way, I got into a fight. And he got into a fight with the prince of Persia. Most believe this was a demon. Okay. Remember we talked about our fight is not against flesh and blood, against spiritual forces and authorities in the dark world. There's a hierarchy. There's authority. So this was the prince of Persia. That was his title. And this was a demonic being that is now fighting this angel. So there's this battle going on. And for whatever reason, it seems like the angel's not getting ahead. So the hardcore angel, Michael, shows up. And listen, there's only two angels named in the Bible that we know of. And that's Michael and Gabriel. Gabriel was kind of like a messenger angel, like he always came and delivered messengers. But Michael was like the hardcore archangel of the Lord. Like he came, and when Michael showed up, business was getting handled, okay? So sometimes we think like devil and God as equal planes. It's more like the devil and Michael are like equal planes. Like those two are the ones that are kind of battling each other. And so this angel goes, listen, I was on my way, and then I got into a fight, and we were fighting for 21 days. It got so bad that Michael came, one of the archangels, to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. How hardcore is all that? I just, I mean, I'm like, dude, that is amazing. That's like, 
That's the kind of stuff that we read in comic books, and yet it's real. This is a real, genuine thing. This is not a Marvel movie. This is not Endgame. This is what happens in the spiritual world. This is what's going on while you think you're just having drama. This is the fight that's going on for your soul. This is the battle that's happening. And so here is Daniel. He's praying, and he's praying for 21 days, and he's trying to get an answer from God. But for 21 days, there was warfare going on in the spiritual realm. So there's a few lessons I think we can learn from Daniel when it comes to prayer. And if you're taking notes, the first thing is this. We need to learn to have persistence in prayer. We need to learn to have persistence in prayer. Daniel prays for 21 days and on the 21st day, the angel shows up. What would have happened if Daniel gave up on day 20? Y'all ever had that situation, and I know it's a little bit different now because of apps and things like that, but it happened a lot when I was a kid. When I would be going to school or coming back from school, and I'd be waiting at a bus stop. And there's this thought in your head, man, this bus is taking too long. And the temptation is what? I'm going to walk to the next bus stop. And I'm just going to gain some time. And on that walk, you know, it always happened to me. On that walk, halfway to the next bus stop, what happens? Bus comes by. And you're like, ah, stupid bus, right? And, and low-key, we've all been in that state where we, like, look really dumb chasing the bus. And there's that, there's that part of you that, that really debates, man, I don't want to look dumb chasing the bus. I'll wait for the next one, <laughs> right? But that's that process of, hey, if you would have just waited, the bus would have got to you. But a lot of times it's our impatience. It's this idea that, no, I, I, it hasn't happened yet, and so I'm going to take it upon myself. Some of you have heard this story, but uh, for me, you know, I, I love this story about me and my dad when, when we were working construction and he had me with a sledgehammer knocking out some concrete. And because of his experience, he could tell when the concrete was about to break. But for me, I didn't know. He just gave me a 25-pound sledgehammer and said, hey, you need to hit this until it breaks. So I would hit it and I would hit it and I would hit it with everything I got and it wouldn't break. And then my dad, he would say, hey, listen, give me the hammer. Let me show you how to do it. He would swing it once and it would break. And I'd be so mad because I knew that was my swing. <laughs> you purposely took it from my hand because you knew that was the one that was going to break it. What would have happened, though, if out of my frustration, I would have just stopped on my own when I was one swing away from getting breakthrough? Some of us, man, we're, we're one moment away from breakthrough in our life. We're one more day of prayer from breakthrough in our lives. But we stop short because, hey, you know what, it's been a while. It's been a while. I haven't gotten an answer. I, I tried asking God, but here's the truth. Our efforts, because of the way we are and we just want immediate answers, we're not used to waiting anymore. We're not used to being persistent. And so it doesn't work. One, two tries, you go home. It doesn't work immediately. You give up. But persistence is key to prayer. That's why on Wednesday nights here at our church, we talk about push. Pray until something happens, understanding that it's important to push through what God is trying to do in our lives or to push through what the enemy is trying to prevent us to accomplish. As a matter of fact, Ephesians backed this up. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Muslims are taught to pray three times a day. Jewish people are taught to pray five times a day. The Christian is taught to always pray. To never stop praying. To pray on all occasions and to pray in the spirit. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Persistence is becoming a lost art. 
people are just too quick to give up. I tried it, it didn't work, I quit. I tried it, it didn't work, I quit. As a matter of fact, the other day I bought my brother-in-law a puzzle. He says he likes puzzles. And uh, it's the same puzzle that I had Gio try. He and Gio were at Cracker Barrel. Anybody ever been to Cracker Barrel? Anybody ever tried the little peg puzzle that they have while you sit down? So Gio had never been. So he, I, I was like, hey, try the peg puzzle. So he's sitting there, he's trying it, and he's not even paying attention to us no more. We're having conversations. Me and Sal was with us, and Gio's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm like, okay, he's in the puzzle. We order food. Food comes. Boy's eating with his right hand, doing the puzzle with his left hand. Straight ignoring us. And he keeps failing. He keeps failing. And I'm, I'm sitting there teasing him. I'm like, bro, you're never going to do it. It's not going to happen. And he goes, okay. That's all he would say to me. Okay. I said, bro, it's not, you might as well give up. It's not going to happen. Okay. Check comes. Boy still didn't figure out the puzzle. I'm like, bro, we got to go. He looks at me. I'm buying the puzzle. <laughs> goes to the front. They have him for sale. He buys the puzzle. We're driving. It's a two and a half hour drive back to Chicago. I'm talking with Sal. I'm looking at Gio. He's in the back seat doing the puzzle. About an hour and a half into the drive, all I hear is, I did it. <laughs> and then me and Sal turn on, bet you can't do it again. I bet. <laughs> and then it took him another half hour to go, okay, I finally get it. Okay. All together, it took him about, what, two and a half hours to nonstop playing with a puzzle. Okay. But too many people. First two times of trying to do that puzzle, when I gave my, my brother-in-law that puzzle, he tried it twice and then walked away. Okay? You don't solve problems by giving up. You don't get ahead in your spiritual walk and in what God is trying to do by giving up. Even when you mess up, even when you don't get an answer, even when you don't see the answer, persistence in prayer is key to victory in the spiritual battles that you have. I know for myself... It wasn't even my own prayers that sustained me. I thank God every day that I had a praying mother that even in the years where I wasn't living right and I wasn't doing right, she stayed in prayer for me. And I know for a fact that I was sustained by the prayers of my mother and the grace of God in moments where I should have been arrested, where I should have been killed, or something else should have happened to me. And I look back at it now and I go, man, how did that never happen to me? How did I never end up in trouble? How did I never end up in handcuffs? How did I never end up seeing a cell well? I can tell you, number one, it's because I had a praying mother. Number two, it's because I had a graceful God. And number three, it had nothing to do with me. Your prayers will not only sustain you, but can sustain others. But it won't do that if you're not willing to be persistent. You can't be like, oh, I tried. It didn't work. Uh-huh. Did you try again? <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to try again? Why don't you try until it works? Why don't you pray until you get an answer? The problem is 21 days, that's a long time. Right, man, months, that's a long time. Years, that's a long time. I've told you guys 10 years for my best friend to get saved. I was telling the story at a retreat this past weekend, and uh, a couple days ago, I get uh, a chase uh, uh, notification from my bank account from my best friend, $100 for spring breakaway registration. Every year since he got saved, he's paid for somebody to go to spring breakaway. And I text him, uh, as a matter of fact, I hit him up, and I just, let me read to you that text because I thought it was cool. For 10 years, he's been doing it. It never fails. I never remind him. I never have to bring it up. But I make sure to text him and let him know how much I appreciate it. And so I said, appreciate your support of these kids. It always makes a huge impact. And I love that it comes from one of my longest and best friends. His answer, no problem, brother. 
You changed my life, and I'm just trying to do the same for someone else. But it took 10 years for our life to get changed. And that life changed now wants to change other lives. What happens if I would have gave up in year nine? What happens if I would have gave up in year nine, day 360? Sometimes it's that last day of persistent prayer where we see the breakthrough. And so the question asks, well, why does it take so long? I mean, this is God sending the message. Couldn't God just wipe away the demon and, and just make the message go there sooner? Yeah, but if you're taking notes, it's important to understand this. Number two, there's a purpose in prayer. There is a purpose in prayer. And sometimes God makes you wait on purpose. I'll be honest with y'all. There are times, me and some leaders, we see your message. We ignore it. And we're not ignoring it because we're mean. But there are times where I have to get you to understand, I'm not your dog. I'm not going to bark every time you ask me to. <laughs> and if I respond every time you message me, then you're going to get used to that. So sometimes I got to let it be known, hey, listen, I'm going to get to you when I get to you. <laughs> but I'm not going to jump every time you ask. Okay, sometimes there's a purpose behind waiting. They're teaching you something. And we do that all the time with things, right? There's a purpose behind the waiting. So God does the same thing. Why does God make me wait? It's not because you have to pray until you change his mind. Sometimes God is trying to form your mind while you pray. Sometimes God is trying to shift your heart as you're praying. Sometimes God is trying to teach you something in the process of your praying. Okay? And in this case, there was a lesson for Daniel. Daniel had to learn to stay consistent. Daniel had to learn to continue to pray because 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 years later, we'd be reading that story and learning to be persistent in prayer. There's always a purpose behind why God does things the way he does them. As a matter of fact, you see it in Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. Some people think, well, God's just being slow. Man, God, you are dragging on bringing my man. Like, when are you going to do this, God? And God's like, dude, I'm not slow. Matter of fact, you slow. That's why I'm not bringing you somebody yet. <laughs> okay? God's not being slow as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. Because if he would have brought that person into your life right now, your dumb 12-year-old self would have messed it up. <laughs> so God's like, you know what? It's better that I hold this back right now. <laughs> Because I know you want it, but I need you to wait. You know, often I told this with my wife. My wife, when we were dating, she asked me one time how long I've liked her. And we had been dating about two weeks. So I looked at her and said, I don't know. How long have we been dating? Two weeks? About two weeks is how long I liked you. And she got really red. I'm like, why? She goes, I've liked you for a year and a half. For a year and a half, she prayed. And God would keep telling her, that's your husband, that's your husband. And she was kind of embarrassed. And I looked at her and said, you know what, I thank God I never knew that. Because I knew where I was a year and a half ago, and I wasn't ready to be with you. Sometimes God keeps you waiting for a reason. Why did he keep my wife waiting? Because he was preparing me. It wasn't about my wife. It was about what was going on in my life. And God was dealing with me in my life. And had he opened my eyes to the fact that my wife liked me, at that time, I would have ruined it. And I would have maybe not had the wife that I have right now simply because timing was wrong. Okay? We have to understand God is not slow as some are in the, the idea of thinking that he's slow. No, he's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed but wants everyone to repent. God gives time. Why hasn't God shown up yet? Because he's trying to give everybody a chance to get to know him. He's trying to give you patience or give you time 
and his patience. We need to learn there's a purpose behind prayer. Why hasn't God gotten rid of this situation in my life yet? Because you haven't learned from it yet. And God uses oftentimes those situations to teach you something. And guess what? You will keep taking that test when you keep failing it. God's not just going to be like, well, you failed four times, move along. Okay, here's your fifth one. Here's your sixth one. There's a purpose behind awaiting. Now, I don't always know what that is, and you may not always know what that is, but God knows. And I tell you, hindsight is 2020. When you look back years later, you'll go, man, I get it now. But oftentimes our frustration is in the middle of that purpose because we don't know the purpose. Because we don't understand, God, why do you have me waiting? God, why don't you tell me what my future is? Man, if I told you your future, you would poop yourself. <laughs> right? Sometimes there's a purpose behind the waiting. And sometimes God just wants you to pray in the process. Continue to pray. But, man, I'm getting tired of waiting. I'm getting tired of, of pushing. Let's be honest. Sometimes if, if you're genuine, even those of you who pray, your prayers aren't that long. They're bedtime prayers before you go to sleep. They're prayers before you eat. I'd be shocked if any of you prays for longer than five minutes, if we can be serious. Okay? But if God were to say, hey, I want you to pray for an hour every day, and I'm going to restore your parents' marriage, we'd maybe do it a day. And then we'd probably give up two, three days after. What if God looked at you and said, hey, listen, I'm going to restore that pain, that hurt that you're struggling with. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to go pray and fast for an hour every day. Do you have enough stamina to do it? And a lot of us are like, I don't know how to pray for an hour. That's a long time. It's not about the time, to be honest with you. But it's about your ability to stay in prayer. And if you want a quick hint, just a really easy way to understand how to pray, okay, just make a list. Here's the easy way to do it. Write a list of your family and then write a list of your friends. And take a few minutes to pray over each person. I guarantee you, before you know, you would have prayed an hour. If you just look at a list. I look at a list of my leaders and I just go through my leaders. And I'm not just praying like sugar coat. I'm just like, God, what's going on in their life? God, show me. Give me insight. Give me a word. Show me something that's happening. God, help me to understand. A lot of times the leaders are, how would you know? Well, <laughs> you didn't tell me. That's for sure. You were trying to hide it. <laughs> but sometimes God reveals things in prayer. And if you could just take time, even this, hey, make a list of your issues. Because you're really good at remembering them. <laughs> so make a list of your issues. And start praying over each one of them. When you really just start to systematically go through what's going on in your life, you'll realize, man, I need to pray a lot more often. Because I got a lot of things that I need to pray about. And even if it is exhausting, you know what I found? I found that there's power in your prayer. If you're taking notes, that's the third thing. That there's power from prayer. Not just power in prayer, but power from prayer for you. Okay? If you go on with the story of Daniel, angel tells him the whole shebang, and then you go down a few verses, verse 17 through 19. Listen to what happens. It says, this is Daniel speaking. How come someone like me, your servant, Talk to you, my Lord. Or how can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. Then the one who looked like a man touched me again, and I felt my strength returning. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. Peace. Be encouraged. Be strong. As he spoke these words to me, I suddenly felt stronger and said to him, Please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. 
Sometimes we forget that prayer is a conversation, not a speech. Prayer can get boring when you're the only one ever talking. But when you learn to pray and just sit in the presence of God and wait on answers and just allow yourself to take a few minutes. You ever had somebody talk to you and they keep talking, asking you questions, but they never let you answer? You ever had your mom and dad do you? Where were you? Who were you with? How come you were doing that? It's like, could I answer one of your questions, please? And then you will let me answer and I'll tell you. <laughs> well, we do the same thing with God. We pray, we ask all these, God help me with this, God help me with that, God do this, God do that. In Jesus' name, amen. And God's like, oh, all right. <laughs> Good talk. <laughs> we have to learn to take time to invest in the power of prayer. To take time and have a conversation. And for those of you who struggle, man, I don't know how to pray. Listen, let me just really help you with this. If you know how to have a conversation with anyone, you know how to pray. If you know how to talk, you can pray. If you're cognitive enough to have a conversation. You don't need, oh, Heavenly Father, you are thee and I are this. You don't need all those big fancy words. You don't need to be super eloquent. Some of the most powerful prayers are help me, God. But you just need to be transparent, honest. And, man, if you can give him a little time. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I know houses get cramped. My prayer closet is my prayer shower. <laughs> Some of the best prayers happen while I'm in the shower. Because that way if I cry, nobody notices. The, the shower wipes away my tears. But some of the best prayers have in the shower. Why? Because no one's there to bother me. So instead of playing your, your music in the, in the bathroom, just take some time and pray. Take 30 minutes. Some of you have to take hour and a half long showers. Take an hour and a half worth of prayer time. And listen, you don't need to think to shower. You know how to do that, some of you. You already understand. It's like, you know, I get it, right? By the way, top to bottom, guys, top to bottom. Right? Don't wash the top to bottom. But when you're showering, you know how to shower. You know how to wash your hair. You know how to clean your body. You get this. I hope at this age you fully understand how to clean your sovacos. You get that part. So you don't need to think. So you can easily pray during that time. All right? You can easily pray on your way to school. We spend so much time with our headphones in our ears that it's ridiculous. But if you were to say, hey, listen, I'm going to take a few minutes, take the headphones out and plug into God right now, and I'm just going to pray. The bus rides for me were the best time to pray. The car rides are some of the best times to pray. If you add up all the time that we waste, when we could just stop and talk to God. I remember one time I was on my way to school, and I just was on the Fullerton bus. It was a day like today, super rainy. I'm getting ready to get on the Fullerton bus. I'm at Fullerton and Laramie. I'm just standing right next to the, the bus stop pole. I'm leaning on it. And as I'm praying, I'm just focusing on God. And I remember I felt like the Holy Spirit telling me, move away from the pole. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> and I'm like, is that me? Is that God? This is weird. And again, I felt the Lord say, move away from the pole. And I'm like, well, nobody else heard it. So I'm just going to move away. I'm just going to be faithful, God. And so I walked away from the pole. And I went towards the store door. And I kid you not, less than two seconds later, a car spun out of control and rammed into the pole. And I was like... Oh, snap, that is amazing. Oh, my gosh, maybe she got hurt. Lady, are you okay? <laughs> okay, she's all right. Wow, that was cool, God. I mean, I'm not going to lie, guys. It flipped me out. I'm like, no way. It's easy to say that was coincidence. But I'm going to trust that was God. I didn't see a car coming. I didn't hear a car coming. It literally happened seconds after I was willing to say, God, this is you. But it wouldn't have happened had I just been listening to music, not paying attention. 
I guarantee you, had I just been sitting there listening to music on my headphones, not only would I have not seen it, I wouldn't have heard it either. And your boy would have lost his legs. But by the grace of God, I was in the presence of God, and I was able to hear the voice of God. Some of us are missing out on the things that God's trying to speak to us because we never give him a chance to talk. Here Daniel was freaking out, but the angel strengthened him. At the time of his prayer, he was exhausted, he was tired. The presence of the angel freaked him out. But he was strengthened from the voice. And this is no different than what Jesus experienced. If you look at the Bible, even Jesus went through this in Luke chapter 22, verse 42 through 44. This is Jesus praying in the garden right before he's about to get captured and crucified. Listen to what the Bible says. Hear his prayer. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. He's actually asking God, hey, listen, if you're all right with it, I don't want to go through with this. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And then listen to what happens. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently as if with such agony of spirit that sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. This is actually a medical phenomenon. You can, it takes a lot, but somebody who's going through enough stress, the capillaries in their skin can pop and blood pops out. This is how stressed he was in his prayer time. That he literally sweated blood. And yet he was strengthened by the angel of the Lord. Listen, there are times I get it, it's hard. What you're going through at home is hard. The fighting that you hear is hard. The situations you go, the fact that you feel like you're taking two steps forward and one step back. I get that, that's hard. But let me tell you something. God will strengthen you when you're willing to stay in his presence and pray. God will strengthen you in that process. But you got to be awake. And you got to be willing to pray because, listen, if you go a few verses later, verse 45, it says, At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. What does Jesus say? Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Pastor Jason, if you can help me out. Some of you are going to fall into temptation. You're going to lose this fight over the next 21 days. Because you're going to get caught sleeping. Because you're not willing to take it seriously enough to say, listen, I need to fight in prayer. I'm telling you, I believe this, and, and I'm really going to hammer it into our leadership, but I need you guys to help me with this. I believe God is going to do miracles in three weeks. I believe somebody here is going to see a breakthrough that you've never experienced in your life in three weeks. I believe some of your friends who never wanted to have anything to do with God or church are going to have an opportunity to do that in three weeks. People that you thought would never want to come, people that you thought would never say yes to God, people that you thought would never do it are going to experience that in less than three weeks. Or not. Because a lot of that depends on your willingness or unwillingness to take those next three weeks and fight for them and fight for you. This is not a game. I don't do this because it's a game. I take this 100% serious. This is life and death. In the physical, but even more in the spiritual. And I'm hoping, man, if at least one of you. And that was my prayer. I said, God, could you give me one that would be serious enough to take these next three weeks and pray? Because I believe just one could do it. 
Now, I believe we'd experience more if more than one did it. But I, honestly, my prayer, my expectations aren't that high. I said, God, give me one that will be serious enough to take the next three weeks and intercede and battle in prayer. Listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, and we're going to close with this. It says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. How do we do it? We pray. We pray. Some of you, you sitting there and in your own efforts, you're trying to reason with your friend. Hey, this is why you need to believe and this is why God is real. Reasoning is never going to be a substitute for prayer. You can't convince people mentally. They have to experience with their own heart. Okay? You can't talk them into Jesus. Okay? That comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. God draws their men. Okay? Your job is to pray. Your job is to pray so that you don't fall into temptation and so that they would come to knowing Christ. And if you're just too lazy to do that, I don't understand how you can look in the mirror and I don't understand how you can look at them and call them your friend. Because either you're full of it and there's no point they should have listened to you anyways or you're just too lazy to step up. And I'm asking for one. Can I get one that says, Pastor, I'll do it. I'm going to take it seriously. I'm going to journal. I'm going to pray. I'm going to hold accountable. Pastor, you got me. If nobody else, you got me. So I'm going to ask you. I'm going to close your eyes for just a second. I don't need anybody else looking around. I don't need anybody else focusing. I want you to really hear my voice. Is there one person in this room who would intercede with me? Is there one person in this room who would take it seriously enough to say every day over the next 21 days, I'm going to take time to pray. Pastor Joey, I'm so serious that I'm going to give up whatever it is you need to give up. I'm going to give up social media. I'm going to just go away and I'm going to spend that time praying. I'm going to give up television. I'm going to give up Netflix. And for 21 days, I'm going to pray. For 21 days, I'm going to take this seriously. Is there one person here? I'm going to ask you to stand if you're there. Nobody else looking around. If there's one person, would you stand for me? I want to know who you are. I want to know who's with me. If no one else, don't worry about anybody else. One person. I'm with you, Pastor. I'm with you. I'll battle with you. I'll fight with you. Let's go. I'm all in. Let's go. Those of you who stood, man, thanks. Without looking around, I can tell you it's more than one. But talk is cheap. I don't need you to show me. I need you to show God. I need you to take it seriously and say, hey, listen, every day for the next 21 days, I'm going to pray. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to battle. Because, man, it means that much to me. I want to pray for those who weren't willing to stand. I want to pray for those who aren't in this room. I want to pray that in 21 days, miracles will happen. Because of the battles going on in the heavenly realm and the battles going on in my bedroom. So I just want to pray, especially for those who stood, that God would strengthen you and that God would equip you. And before I do that, I'm just going to ask, 
Is there anyone here tonight? Because we don't got to wait three weeks for miracles. Is there anyone here tonight who has never said yes to Jesus? Who doesn't have a personal relationship with God? But man, after hearing everything tonight, there's something that was already tugging at your heart. I'm going to tell you, that wasn't my voice. I told you, I can't reason you into accepting Jesus. That was the voice of God speaking to your heart. So if there's anyone here who says, Pastor Joey, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about having a personal relationship with Jesus. If you've never done that but you want to, I want to ask you to just, again, lift up your hand. I want to pray for you tonight if there's anyone. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you. Anyone says, that's me, Pastor. I want to have a relationship with Jesus. Thank you, bro. Amen. I'm going to pray for those who need salvation, and then I want to finish by praying for everyone else who stood tonight. Heavenly Father, I pray right now for every hand that was raised. Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, Lord, that they would have right now in their heart confession of faith, that they would believe in their heart that you are who you say you are, Lord. Father, I pray for the forgiveness of their sins. God, I pray that they would be made whole in you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that they would come into full salvation in your holy name, Lord. And, Father, at the same time, I pray for every person who stood up tonight. God, I thank you, Lord, that they didn't leave me hanging, God. But, Lord, even more than that, that they're willing to stand alongside with you and take hold of that great commission and take time to really pray. And, God, I know that the minute they stood up, they put a bullseye on themselves, God. I know that the minute they stood up, the enemy is standing up as well, and he wants to stop them from doing everything you've called them to do. So, Lord, I pray a hedge of protection around their heart. Lord, I pray that you would send your angels to strengthen them. I pray that you would protect them. I pray that you would rise them up. God, give them persistence in prayer, Lord, that they would be steadfast and, and consistent every time they pray, Lord. Give them power in prayer, God, that they would be lifted up and moved, Lord. Show them the purpose behind their prayer, God. Give them visions. Give them dreams. Begin to show them the power behind interceding, the power behind prayer. God, we pray over the next 21 days, Lord. God, I pray that something powerful will happen, not after the 21 days, but even during these 21 days. God, I pray that in these 21 days, you would begin to shift hearts, God. You would begin to open doors for our friends, God. People that we thought would never say yes to Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would draw them to us, God. That they would show up at our house and say, can I go to church with you? That they would show up at our doors asking, can I go to Breakway? God, I pray that you would open doors for that, God. Lord, I pray that you would do miracles even in our lives, Lord. Those habits that we can't kick, Lord, let us put it aside for you. That depression that we've been struggling with, let us overcome it in Jesus' name. God, let us be walking miracles for everything that you would have so that those who come in would see Jesus in us, oh God. And Lord, we pray for what's going to happen at Breakaway, God. Lord, I pray for 40 more people to sign up. Lord, I don't care where they come from, God. I don't care if they don't have money, Lord. I pray for 40 more young people. That they would experience what you're going to do in the next 21 days. Because I trust that you will do it, God. Because I know you've done it before. I know you could do it again. So, God, we thank you for this, Lord. Keep us awake, God. Don't let us fall asleep. Keep us purposeful. Don't let us forget. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you guys. We love you. And we'll see you tomorrow in small groups.